Here once again at the prophet's table, Kurt Zant coming to you from New Zealand, Aotearoa, the land of the long white cloud. I want to reveal to you some secrets today that God has given to me through dreams over the last 20 years. When I was 33 years old, I had an experience with the Lord. A lot of the people I've heard said that the year 33 is very significant. In the Latin world, they call it the annual de Cristo, the year of Christ. Of course, we know it was the year that Messiah was crucified. On my 33rd year, I had a lot of things revealed to me, but one of the most important things was God revealed to me the gift that he had given to me before I was even born. One day when I was in prayer, I was taken backwards in a vision. I felt the presence of an angel grab my right arm, and he began to take me backwards, walk me backwards through my life. I saw my children being born, I saw my marriage, I saw my childhood, I saw childhood friends, I saw my parents get younger and younger through the years until finally I entered the womb of my mother backwards through the birth canal and the next thing I knew I stood before the presence of the Almighty. I didn't see his face but I knew that I was before him. I had an angel at my side that was holding my arm and at that moment I heard the voice of God and the voice of God said to me what gift do you desire immediately in the vision I felt myself trying to slip out of the vision because I had no idea what gift I should say or, or what it was that I was seeing but at that moment and the angel that held my arm reached over to my ear and whispered in my ear and he said unto me say prophecy so I said prophecy before the living God. At that moment, I saw the hand of God reach down from his throne, and he touched me on the top of my head. At that moment, when I was 33, my hair was solid black, but in the vision, I saw my hair turn white to mark the two fingers of God where he had touched me before my birth. Well, since that day, my hair has gotten a little grayer, where God touched me there before I was even born. So I know that that's a gift that God gave to me before I was even born. I like to th say that deserve had nothing to do with it. It was before I came to the earth that God gave me this gift. So I need to be faithful today to this gift. I must admit before God and before this audience, I have not been faithful to declare the things that God has said to me. I studied a little bit this morning to revisit what it means to be a prophet. Amos chapter 3 says, Shall a trumpet be blown in the city, and the people not be afraid? Shall there be evil done in a city, and the Lord has not done it? Surely the Lord God will do nothing, but he reveals his secrets unto the servants, the prophets. The lion has roared, who will not fear? The Lord God has spoken, but who can prophesy? Basically, if I understand the scripture right, it's saying that God has to tell the prophets of the earth what he's doing before he can do it. It's the one thing that God resists himself in. He, he personally has restrained himself that he can do nothing in the earth except he first reveal it through and to the prophets. Now, that doesn't mean that every prophet out there will agree and that all prophets will be prophesying the exact same word. We know that these prophets that spoke to Israel, 
the prophet of Amos, the prophet of Isaiah, the prophet of Jeremiah, many times were a lone prophet when there were multitudes of other prophets declaring good things that were going to happen when these men were declaring destruction upon their nation. Unfortunately, the gift that God's given to me is not to declare good things coming in the world today, but very difficult times that are at hand. And I want to explain to you why these things are coming and reveal the dreams that God's given to me today. I'll take you to Jeremiah, though, first. Uh, Jeremiah, this scripture really spoke to me, Jeremiah 1, 5. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew you. Before you came forth out of the womb, I sanctified you and I ordained you to be a prophet unto the nations. That's what I saw in the vision. It was interesting when I found the scripture after the fact. I'd had this vision. It really spoke to me. And, and it really gave me the confidence to say what I'm going to say today. But then Jeremiah said, Lord, I can't speak. I'm like a child. But the Lord said unto me, Say not that you're a child, for you shall go to all that I send you. And whatsoever I command you, that you must speak. Don't be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And he said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. And that's exactly the role of a prophet, is that God gives us these secrets and he reveals them to us. And then we have to be faithful to be his mouthpiece. What a amazing, an amazing thing it is to me to think that God would allow me to speak on his behalf. I don't understand why he would have chosen me. And all I can reveal to you today is that deserve doesn't have anything to do with this gift. I, I didn't do anything to deserve it. On the contrary, I've done everything to not deserve to be able to speak for the Most High. And I'm very humbled at this moment in my life, some 20 years later after God's given me this dream, to just speak plainly to you today about what the Lord has said to me. These are, I know, I know that there's a lot of prophets out there. A lot of things are being said and there's a lot of confusion. But nevertheless, I've got to speak what God has made clear to me, what he's given me the dreams about, what he's given me the visions of. And it's not pretty what's coming. It's not pretty at all. I've been saying it for 10 years, but honestly, I've let people's faces, their scrowls, their growls, when I speak these things, I've let them deter me and they've confused, I've become confused because I didn't stand boldly and aggressively in the vision and in the dream that God's given to me. But now I see these things are actually happening that God's warned me about for, for decades. And I have a responsibility, not just to God, but to the people of God to speak clearly these things that I've seen and to give instruction maybe there will be a few. I don't expect to see a massive wave of people listen to what I'm saying. Even though I'm saying to you today, I am a mouthpiece for God today. I know that's a big statement and I don't take it lightly. So he said to Jeremiah, See, I have set this day, I've set you this day over the nations and over kingdoms to root out to pull down and to destroy, and to throw down, 
and to build and to plant. It's a drastic role that God's given to Jeremiah and that God's given to me that I have to speak these things that I'm going to say today, which are very much destructive elements that God's releasing into the world today. I'm going to tell you why he's releasing them. Because, the, I mean, God's revealing these mysteries and these secrets to me. And I, I see it clearly. Let me just say today, if you look at Jerusalem and you look at the spelling of it, it makes it, it's a great sign for what I'm going to say. Jerusalem, J-E-R-U-S-A-L-E-M. Right in the middle of Jerusalem, the USA is there dividing it. Now that's very instrumental in what I'm going to declare to you today. The U.S. diplomacy over the last 40 some odd years has been to divide the Holy Land of Israel. This is a covenanted land. There's trouble there in the city today. And there will be trouble in every city of the world unless there is repentance concerning the division of Jerusalem. Before I go into the dreams, I'll just read this scripture to you from Revelations. I know a lot of people might say, well, there's no need for prophecy today. There's no need for the prophet today. That all expired in the old covenant. To the contrary, Revelations chapter 10 describes a mighty angel coming down from heaven, clothed with a cloud and a rainbow upon his head and his face as the sun and his feet like pillars of fire. And he had in his hand a little open book and he set his right hand upon the sea, his right foot upon the sea and his left foot upon the earth and he cried with a loud voice as a lion. Now this is very significant. We're going into the moment when, when the Messiah changes from the lamb to the lion and Jerusalem is the dividing line between these two and he cried with a loud voice as a lion roars and when he had cried seven thunders uttered their voice and when the seven thunders had uttered their voice I was about to write and I heard a voice from heaven saying seal up those things which the seven thunders have uttered and write them not and the angel that I saw standing upon the sea and upon the earth lifted up his hand to heaven, and he swore by him that lives forever and ever, who created the heaven and all the things that are therein, and the earth and all the things that are therein, and the sea and all things that are therein, that there should be time no longer. But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished, as he has declared to his servants the prophets." Now, all that said to say, in the book of Revelations, we know that there is going to be uh, the gift of prophecy used throughout the book of Revelations and that mysteries are going to be in, begin to be revealed to the prophets and, and as, as thunders that are uttered. They're, they're sealed information that are going to be released to the world to reveal why God is judging the world at that, at that moment. And here, John calls it the mystery of God, that the mystery of God should be finished as he's declared to the servants, the prophets. Now, one of the greatest mysteries that I've been, that's been revealed to me is how God has secretively used the nation of Israel. The book of Romans, chapter 11 for all those who are Zionists out there, you'll identify 
Romans 11, it has that chapter that talks about this mystery, this enigma, that God would blind his own people, Israel, to the, to the revelation of Messiah, so that the gospel could go abroad to the Goyim, to the Gentiles. Now that's, an, that's a mystery. Most people have not ever known that. And, and I mean, when it was revealed to me, I, you know, I understood my gift as a prophet and, and to receive the mystery of God. This mystery is, is an amazing thing. Uh, if you read, you know, I, I, I don't have the time today to, re, to read Romans 11, but uh, if, you've, if you've thought that God's finished with Israel, man, read Romans 11 for yourself. Let it awaken you. Let, let the mystery of God be revealed to you. You know, um, I like what Moses said. God wants for us all to be prophets. He wants us all to be able to hear from him. He wants us all to have the gifting to know the, the revelation and the wisdom and, and the secrets of God. So the gift of prophecy is very important, especially in the moment that we're in. So I'll, uh, Hosea says, Hosea 8, starting in verse 1, Set the trumpet to your mouth. He shall come against the house of the Lord because they have transgressed my covenant and trespassed against my law. Now, right now, if you look in America, we've got, we're about to have an election. Biden and Trump, everyone knows the story. I don't have to get too deep into that. I, I think it's interesting that a man named Trump, you know, is the one that's actually proposing the... Um, long-anticipated peace plan in the Middle East. Specifically, he's asking Israel, the Jewish people, and the world and the nations to agree with the division of Jerusalem. Again, there is the USA right in the middle of the division of the house of God. Now Hosea says, set the trump to the mouth. Set your trumpet to, set the trumpet to your mouth. He shall come against the house of the Lord. Now, what a lot of people don't realize is what Trump has proposed gives away the Temple Mount area where Mount Moriah is. There's a an ancient stone there that's been there since the creation of God's earth. It is the likely the most holiest place in the whole universe. I mean, of all the planets that God's created, of all the, uh, the depths of the ocean, of everything, every animal, every person, the most holiest site in all of it all is Mount Moriah. And a man named Trump, through 40-some-odd years of aggressive U.S. diplomacy where both sides have agreed land for peace is the right agenda, today it's being revealed that the USA is trying to divide Jerusalem. Now, this changes everything. This changes everything in the sight of God. This changes everything in the way that God's going to act and the way that God's going to respond. It's one thing to give away Gaza. It's one thing... Uh, to give away, Bill Clinton, Bill and Hillary Clinton gave away 450 provinces uh, inside the nation of Israel. Mind you, the nation of Israel is 120 miles long, 40 miles wide. And that's including the area that the nations call the occupied territories. If you take out what the nations consider Israel, it's only seven miles wide. Now, even inside that area there, Hillary and Bill saw to the division of 450 separate provinces, cities, Palestinian sites that were surrendered and given over where Jewish people can't go. 
where I can't go as a tourist. Now, this is, what I'm saying is this policy is not just Trump alone. This has been happening for a while, guys. Jimmy Carter was one of the first presidents, and, and every president since, even including Reagan, has checked off on, on this um, demonic policy of giving away the covenanted land and giving away the house of God. Now, Hosea says it this way. Set the trumpet to your mouth, Hosea. Hosea was a prophet, and he was told to sound an alarm. He shall set the trumpet to your mouth. He shall come against the house of the Lord, because they have transgressed my covenant and trespassed my law. Now, that's a dangerous thing. This is a covenanted land and a covenanted city, and Mount Moriah is the bullseye of that. That is... You talk about the hand of God. That The hand of God has touched that place over and over and over from the beginning of time. Uh, even all of your prophets have recognized that Jerusalem is significant. Now, if there's a prophet out there today that's not recognizing it, i.e. Mike Evans, if you're out there and you don't recognize the fact that Jerusalem is significant, then ask Jonah who, where he prayed to. When he was in, Jonah was at the bottom of the world at the bottom of the uh, the ocean, at the bottom point of his life. And there he got the revelation, I will, but I will yet turn towards your holy temple and pray. And then God spoke deliverance. Now the world needs to turn to the holy temple today and they need to turn to Mount Moriah. They need to realize that the house of God is significant. It's covenanted land. Messiah himself was said to be the cornerstone rejected now, you can't have Messiah and reject the Temple Mount area. You can't accept Christ and give away Mount Moriah. That's not going to happen under God's watch. So, I saw it this way in a dream one night. I saw, the, I, 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 I saw Trump coming against Jerusalem. I saw all the Christians back home supporting Trump. You know, they're riding around now in, in, in boats with, with Trump signs, you know. And they're just full on to it, these, these Christians back home. And it's just a lack of knowledge. So here I go. I've got to reveal God's heart. And, and read Hosea 8.1 for yourself. He shall come against the house of the Lord. Set your trumpet to your mouth, he said. Now, Trump's coming against the house of God. This is an old antichrist spirit. Every antichrist figure in the world has wanted to destroy Israel, the nation, or Israel, the people. It's just what they do. Now, the biggest way to destroy the Jewish people today is to take away their homeland. I mean, history has taught us that the minute they went into diaspora, the minute the Romans took the land, took the Temple Mount, their people, the Jewish people began to collapse and fall, and they became vulnerable. And there was not a nation out there that was friendly, including America is now turning against the Jewish people. It's time for you to go home, American Jewish remnant. The word of God's calling you home. And he will bring all the Jewish people back to the Holy Land again. But meanwhile, you've got presidents, rulers, kings, setting themselves against the house of God, against the covenant of the Most High God. Now, I saw this one night. I saw all the nations coming against Jerusalem. And man, Jerusalem is the breaking point of the living God. Yerushalayim is the plumb line of the divine. This is when the times change. This is when God goes, when Messiah changes from the lamb to the lion 
of the tribe of Judah, and he will roar, and he'll take no more. And But yet he will restore the house of David. All the prophets have agreed on this. Look it up for yourself. See what Amos says in this last chapter. You know, See what Hosea says in this last chapter. See what Isaiah says in his last chapter. Read Jeremiah and see if he doesn't agree with that. Read Ezekiel. Get in the back of these books and read and see if these prophets haven't already told you. God is going to revisit the nation of Israel. He's going to build the house of David there on the Temple Mount area again. The Dome of the Rock, that mosque is going to fall. It's going to be removed and God's going to come dwell in that place. Now that's the truth of God's word. Now why would any nation or people want to go against that, that hard reality? God's not going to, you can't expect the living king to compromise on that. After he gave his people, after he sold them, you know, Isaiah says he, he would give away his people for, for a period of time, and he did. He gave them away. But now then the nations are forwarding the affliction. So he says he will be jealous for Zion, Zechariah chapter 1, Zechariah chapter 2. Zechariah talks about the restoration of Israel. You know, why, do, why are we not talking about it? Why are the... Why are the American Christians not seeing the revelation that is before them? That the USA is right up in the middle of Jerusalem dividing it today. Now, I realize Biden is not a good answer either. But I, I had rather choose Biden today uh, over a man that is right now at this moment in Jerusalem dividing the house of God. That's... That's the one iniquity God will not forgive. He will not forgive it. So I saw all this in a dream. I saw the nations coming against Jerusalem specifically. You know, we're getting down to it now. We're right there on Mount Moriah. And, they're, and they're, the Trump peace plan, look it up for yourself. Google it and download it. It's a long, complicated plan. But in the gist of it, he is inviting the Arab nations. Why do you think they're all signing up for peace today? They're going to get the Temple Mount. They're going to get the portal of, of the Most High God. Somehow they think they're going to block the return of the Messiah. That, that when they get the Temple Mount and they get uh, the, the, what they call the West Bank, Judea and Samaria, that, that you know, they're, they're going to control the return of God. They're going to control Israel as a nation. But that's why they're signing up for this peace deal. Trump says, oh, yeah, you know, you can come from Jordan. You can come from, from these different Arab nations and we'll make a corridor um, and you can come, and the Temple Mount and, and Eastern Jerusalem will be named Palestine on the map. He's going to change it from, from Jerusalem. Uh, and, and, you know, even your most liberal vile maps out there still acknowledge that it is the nation of Israel. They call it occupied territory. But he's changing it, and, and he's going to list on a map Palestine in eastern Jerusalem. And then he's going to put his embassy there, a, a Palestinian embassy. You know, he, he put the U.S. embassy in west Jerusalem. Now he's going to put a Palestinian uh, embassy in eastern Jerusalem. Now this is madness, literally. So I saw the Lord rise up. Over Jerusalem, he was, he he made like a tower over Jerusalem where his legs touched both east and west sides, and he was bigger than life, bigger than the globe. His head was in the atmosphere. He was so large, and he looked down on Jerusalem, and shielded it with 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 fire. Just uh, his skirt was fire, and he was 
over the top, looking down over Jerusalem and shaking his head no to the nations like, you will not. You will not take this from me. This is my house. Man, I saw him just angry and mad. And he got so mad, he just, he reached out his arm. And his arm was the, was the width of the globe. And he just began to pivot over Jerusalem. Just he began to pivot. And his arm went across every nation. I saw cities collapsing under the arm of God. High towers were falling. And people were having to flee. They were literally fleeing. And, and as I heard God's jealousy over the house of God, over Mount Moriah, as I heard and felt his jealousy in this dream, the Spirit said to me, the diaspora is not yet complete. And in front of this arm of God, as he circled, he pivoted and made a uh, 360 degree um, circle over the globe with Jerusalem being the center point. And as he, as he made this pivot, all the nations were collapsing. They were just literally falling under the arm of God. But there were four corners left off. And in front, uh, in front of the arm, as the arm of God was passing, I saw people fleeing fleeing the cities, fleeing these areas, these countries, these nations that were collapsing. And they were going to four corners of the globe, four corners. Our Lord's been speaking to me for years now about New Zealand. Uh, and it's the reason I left America and I came to New Zealand was to escape what America and what Europe and what Russia and what China and what all these nations are doing with the United Nations, the United Nations, all nations united. And not one nation, not Australia, not Canada anymore, none of these nations, not New Zealand, none of these nations are saying that is a wrong policy to divide the house of God. Um, nevertheless, uh, God has four places in the earth that you can flee to. Now, it's going to take faith for you to do this, for you to flee. And that's what I've had to do. And as a prophet, that's what God uh, causes me to have to do. I have to do it first so that perhaps some people out there will see what's happening. They will respond as well. They will see, yep, yep, you know, he's putting his action where his words are. He believes it. He's leaving. Uh, you know, I've got a son back home, grandsons that have yet to come. They're trying. I, I take it. Uh, I've, I've got my family, my sisters, my mother, you know. I, I don't think, I, I don't know that they hear me either. I, I wish that they... And I wish that, I, I wish that this wasn't happening, is what I wish. I wish that I wasn't called to have to say this, is what I really wish. As long as we're wishing. <laughs> I had a guy tell me one time, you know, a, a bullfrog wishes he had wings so he wouldn't be bumping his ass all the time. That's the hard reality. I wish this wasn't happening to us. I wish this wasn't happening in the world. I wish they weren't dividing Jerusalem at this minute. But they are. They are. And they've been doing it for 40 some odd years. And now Trump is there. And, and he, he's actually bringing it forth, y'all. I mean, this is actually happening on our watch. So I'll go to another dream. This goes way back to, it, it, this is nearly 20 years old. When I first was given the gift, I was the typical American Christian, I, I would say. And I don't mean that derogatory. I'm just trying to speak the truth with sharpness. And boldness. I mean, that's what my name means. Kurt means to speak sharp. Let me just speak sharp to you. Because, man, you need to hear the truth today. <laughs> there's, no, 
there's very little time to beat around the bush on this agenda, you know, on what they're doing there. And God's response is irrevocable. He will defend Jerusalem. I guarantee you, I put my life on it. I put everything that I believe on this truth. God will defend Jerusalem at this moment. I saw it this way one night in, in a Pentecostal church. Me and some other men were, had been meeting on Fridays. Um, uh, I'm sorry, on Monday nights. And we had a, we'd drink coffee at a cafe and then we'd go to the church and we'd spend a couple, two, three hours on our knees praying. And specifically praying for America, um, revival in America for the people to return to the Lord, you know. And this was 20 some odd years ago. Well, I had had a dream the night before and I dreamed in this dream um, that I was walking through this massive temple. It was, uh, I don't know if it was God's temple in heaven, where I was exactly. I, I see the Lincoln Memorial and it kind of reminds me of that. It had huge um, concrete pillars. And I, somehow I think that Lincoln is linking to the jealousy that God is thinking at this minute. But specifically of Mount Moriah and his temple, where his temple was, where Solomon's temple was, where it will be again. You know, Messiah came into that place one day and he said, you know, don't barter in my house. Uh, and and, and he, he changed from a, a meek Messiah to a mad Messiah at that moment. And the disciples remembered that the zeal of his house has eaten him up. And let, let me just say it to you this way. The Temple Mount, Mount Moriah, is the point of change for the Messiah. I mean, as, as gentle and as meek and as kind and as merciful and as graceful as all his works represented, the minute the nations under the banner of grace come against this place, you better brace. There's judgment coming, guys. It didn't have anything to do with immorality. It doesn't have anything to do with too much homosexuality or perversion or, or abortion or whatever you want to say. That's under the laws of Moses. This is the covenant God made with Abraham. This is the, that place where, where Isaac was taken to, Mount Moriah, where he was offered. Both Abraham and Isaac offered their lives there. They gave away their dreams to see this thing, to be faithful to God in this matter. This is where Messiah stood and was convicted by the Sanhedrin that day. It is a place of judgment, according to Psalms 122, where the thrones of God are set and judgment is there. So, I mean, this is the danger of, of the moment that we're in. But in my temple dream, uh, I'm walking through this temple and it's an amazing, huge place with massive pillars in it. You know, in, in the Solomon's temple, you had two pillars specifically. Boaz and Jachin, which represent uh, kinsmen redeemers or messiahs, you could say. So let me just say it this way. Messiah is revealed in the house of God. Now, both advents, the, the, the uh, lion and the lamb will be revealed in the temple. You know, uh, I like what um, the prophet Malachi uh, says, you know, that and suddenly the Lord will come to his temple. Right now we're seeing the nations come against the temple and come against the temple area where it's to be rebuilt. But suddenly the Lord will, you know, defend this temple, that's for sure. I saw it this way in this dream. I'm walking through this temple and 
as I'm, I'm walking for like five, six, seven steps and I'm still haven't walked around this huge pillar. This pillar is so massive, holding up the house of God. And uh, finally I get to the other side of it and the train of God's there. And it's this massive robe on the floor. And when it sees me, it's startled. I, I startle it and it startles me back. And it moves suddenly. It moved, it had a life of itself, the, the, the trail, uh, the train of God, the robe of God. It covered the whole floor and it just, it had a, like a life of its own. And when it moved, it sparked, uh, like firecrackers went up into the air of red, white, and blue. It reminded me of the 4th of July. What I was seeing was just like, pow, poo, 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 poo. A massive, uh, beautiful firecrackers of red, white, and blue. And I heard two voices at the same time. One was the voice of the Most High. And it was the deepest bass sound I'd ever heard in my life. It rattled my soul. It was so deep. It was on a level uh, of, of depth that you know I never had heard before. First, I heard an angel, the voice of an angel. And it was this beautiful tenor voice. And it said... God is good. And it sang it as a song that I heard. But at the same time that this angel said, God is good, and in this tenor voice, and the firecrackers going off, uh, I heard this voice of God, this bass voice, uh, that was so low, that was as beautiful as the tenor was, this bass was just, it was the root of all voice. It, it, was, it was an amazing voice. And it said, vengeance is good. So the angel said, God is good, while the voice of God said, vengeance is good. Now, I submit to you, this challenge of Jerusalem, this challenge of the Temple Mount area, is where God's vengeance will be revealed. And it'll be good that God defends. And, and he will change gears. He, he'll now turn towards uh, the nation of Israel. He will stand up bigger than life, over the city of Jerusalem and wreck the world as we know it. As difficult as that is, the world will be wrecked, guys. Get ready. The world is going to be wrecked. Now, that doesn't mean God doesn't have a safe place prepared for you. And well, part of the assignment that he's assigned to me is to say, look, I'm, I'm down here in one of the corners that God's already prepared this, this little corner of the world, God's got it as a, a harbor. It's the secret place of the Most High. Psalms 91. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Well, the word shadow there is interpreted in one interpretation as the cloud. The actual Hebrew word is zeal, zade lamed. So he that abides in the secret place. Well, wait a minute. It's a secret. You're not supposed to know about it just yet, but as a prophet, it's revealed to me and I get to reveal the secret to you. New Zealand is a secret place of the Most High. It is one of the corners that will, during this period of tribulation, when the world is collapsing, there will be a safe place. It'll be a secret, safe place that God has. But it's going to take faith for you to get here, isn't it? I mean, you can't just all of a sudden, I've been saying this for 10 for 15 years now, look, move while the airplanes are still flying, guys. 
because there's going to come a time pretty soon now where the airplanes aren't flying. Well, now the airplanes aren't flying. Well, let me say it to you this way. Get on a ship while the ships are still sailing because it's, it's too far to swim. You, you need to come out of America. America's going to... America's the bullseye. I mean, this is where... Uh, they're the instigators of the roadmap for peace, the two-state solution, the the dividing of Jerusalem and making it uh, Palestine. Look, guys, you cannot expect God to not respond to this. He is going to respond. Now, you need to respond. Don't think that you can just sit there in complacency and that God somehow is going to protect you in all this. God's protection is to reveal it to the prophets and give order and tell you, you got to go. You got to go now. So today would be a good time to get those things started. I don't know how much, you know, there's coming a time when the door will be closed. We know that. We are at the Matthew 25 moment in history, guys. Let me just officially declare that to you. God is about to prepare a Jewish wedding and you're the bridesmaid that's meant to be a maid to the bride. Now, I'll reveal to you more about New Zealand becoming the, the Beulah land, the wedding land for this great wedding that God is about to reveal. About to reveal. He's been keeping it secret, but now the invitation's out. All you guys who want to come see a wedding, hey, New Zealand is the Beulah land that God is preparing. I'll go back to some dreams now. Let me tell you about a dream I had one night. I call this one the basement dream. You know, the Bible says, if there be a prophet among you, let him tell his dream. And let him be faithful to that. And look, in fact, let me just let me just skip over there and read this scripture out of, out of Jeremiah 23. 23-28, the prophet that has a dream, let him tell a dream. And he that has my word, let him speak my word faithfully. What is the chaff to the wheat, says the Lord. Now, this is so spot on. I mean... I was a farmer. My dad was a farmer. His dad was a farmer. We grew wheat. We went on wheat harvest. You know, I know what it is to to refine the wheat and to cut the wheat and to, you know, separate the chaff from the from the grain. Now, read for yourself in the last chapter of Amos what God's going to do. He's going to sift the nations like wheat sifted. Now, isn't it interesting? Mount Moriah is the threshing floor. I mean, this is where it's going to start, guys. They're Trump. Your great president, the the one that says he's great, you know, that, that's an antichrist figure when you say you're great. You know, he shall be a proud man, says Habakkuk. He won't say at home, he'll be a proud man. Trump's over there in Jerusalem being all proud about this, thinking he's doing the right thing. And maybe it's maybe it's his counselors around him, i.e. Mike Evans. I mean, I'm so disappointed in you, Mike Evans. You're a prophet of God, you said you was, and you're you're counseling the president to give away Mount Moriah? Man, have you gone mad? What's wrong with you? I'm calling you out. You let the prophet be subject to the prophet. That's wrong what you're saying. Jerusalem belongs to the Jewish people. It is covenanted land, and God will ensure that. He will defend that covenant. Nevertheless, I got to tell you this dream. I got to be faithful like God said to Jeremiah. I, I, I got to separate the wheat from the chaff. I had a, I, I call this a basement dream. God speaks to me in the life of my father. My father being a farmer, we, he raised me up in the Texas panhandle as a cotton farmer. And you're right in the middle of Tornado Alley there, so um, 
We had two, we actually had two basements. We had a basement on either end of the house. I, I think that's so prophetic because, you know, God right now, even though tornadoes coming around the world, God's still got basement guys. <laughs> He's always had a plan for his faithful. Now you got to have faith to be faithful. You got to put your feet where your faith is. You got to go, man. You got to do some things. God's not holding you accountable to the laws of Moses anymore, but he is holding you accountable to your covenant of faith. He gave you forgiveness and nailed the ordinances to the tree, according to Colossians 2, for your transgressions against the laws of immorality, of, of, of the laws of Moses. But he has not exempted you from faith, man. You've got to rise up in faith. Now, maybe all this is happening just for the simple fact for you to become a person of faith. You know how hard it was for Abraham to leave his land when his nation was collapsing? What about Lot? You think that was easy for him to come out? It was, it was even harder for Lot's wife. She turned back. God's plan for man has always been faith. You gotta have faith. In every generation now, somehow, the last couple of generations, we've got by without having to trust God, without having to live in faith, without having to do actual deeds of faith. But God's word is still true. Those who want to please God must please him through the venue of faith. That's the only way you're going to please him, man. You can't expect God to be happy with your, your, your righteousness. Your righteousness before God is filthy rags, man. The only way you're going to get God's attention at this moment is to be a person of faith. Faith and action. You know, James says, you say you have faith. Show me your deeds, man. Show me something you're doing with that faith. So, you know, we've all sat back on our haunches. I, I'm, I'm guilty too. I haven't had the faith to declare these things. I thought, you know, I, I let a few frowns and scrowls and growls deter me of the gift of God that's in me, to be able to see, to become a mouthpiece for God, to have the great privilege and the honor to say these things, to be chosen to say these things. I know they're not pretty things. Nevertheless, it's God's word in me, guys, I, and I, I can't hold it in. It's destroyed me in the past for trying to hold it in. So I had this dream. I had this dream. An amazing dream. I'm, I'm in my father's house in the Texas Panhandle, and I'm standing at the at the southern end of of Dad's house, and there's a basement there. I'm standing at the top of the stairs, and I look, and the dream I have two cotton sacks, <laughs> like you'd pick cotton in. I had two cotton sacks, and inside of them were golden torch tips. Of course, growing up on the farm, you know, Dad taught us how to do everything. Uh, we plumbed. We we did electricity. We we uh, set all our own pumps. We did all our own welding. We did all our own cutting torches, and we know we we built everything. We built equipment. Well, in this dream, I had two sacks full of torch tips that kind of that heat metal, uh, but they were solid gold. And I, I would say I would say right now that God's tip to us all would be, you know, prepare yourself for the economic disaster that's at hand. I mean, it's it's coming, guys. There's no evading this one. This is the big one. I was at this staircase and I began to walk down the stairs. I began to walk down the stairs. And this was before I even knew about New Zealand. So 
I've, I've actually done that. It's been a lot of steps to get down here, guys. It hasn't been easy. It took, it took faith, but God's rewarded us richly. He gave us a, an amazing farm uh, on the coast of New Zealand. We're, I look out and I see the ocean. Uh, we have, you know, beachfront access that, that we own. Uh, that, you know, beautiful sandy beach. You go crayfishing and paw diving, and it's an amazing place. I, let me be the first to say, you can't go wrong in following God's voice. I mean, yeah, it takes boldness and it takes courage. And there is disappointments and, and a lot of steps along the way. Uh, it hasn't all been a bed of roses, I guarantee you that. And it will be difficult for anyone to hear these words and to respond to them. But it is the right thing to do at this moment. And as a prophet, I want to declare these things to you. So I had this dream and I'm walking down these staircases, this staircase, and I get halfway down and I'm all of a sudden in this meeting and I, I think it's a parliamentary meeting uh, and there's ministers there. But these ministers were ministers of the gospel too. They, they had uh, black suits with little white, the little white ties, whatever that is, you know. I'm not a real big fan of, of the Catholic and those type churches that wear that because for the most part, historically speaking, they've been largely anti-Semitic. But nevertheless, God is a God of grace, but not when it comes to his place of Jerusalem. But I'm walking down this and I got these uh, cotton sacks full of torch tips and I'm all of a sudden in the middle of this meeting and these ministers are all getting personal revelation and they're saying, God speaks with his eyes. God speaks with his eyes. And whatever we do to Israel, God does back to us. And they were getting this awakening, this revelation that Jerusalem is the place of God's sight. This is where it's seen. They were seeing Mount Moriah as significant. They were saying, this is the place where God, this is where it's going to be seen. This is where everything's going to be seen. God's jealousy is going to be seen. God's zeal is going to be seen. You know, God's anger is going to be seen. It's going to be seen from this place. They were saying that. And man, my prayer today for New Zealand, oh God, please help the parliament here. Help these ministers, God, that have given their lives, God, to, to lead this nation. Help them at this minute. So many things they need to hear. So many things they need revealed to them. They need to know that Israel is important to God and that Jerusalem is the house of God. Don't touch it. Get your hands off. Get your hands off the place of God's grace or judgment. Bless it. Get ready. A temple's going to rise there. You know, get ready to fund that and to help in that and participate in that because amazing things will happen to those nations that serve the Lord in this manner. But terrible things will happen to the nations that are instigators and propagators of the division of Jerusalem. J-E-R-U-S-A-L-E-M. Good God Almighty. Thank you that New Zealand is not seen in the middle of the division of Jerusalem. I pray for the parliament here to awaken. Awaken at this minute. You need to also prepare for the economic disaster that's going to come from the division of Jerusalem when they sign this deal. We're going into the fall festivals very soon now. We got just a few days of Teshiva left before we see the new year, the new Jewish year, and then the Day of Atonement. And let me tell you, this is the moment when God will make a, 
executive decision to defend Jerusalem. And it's not coincidence that the nations are propagating all this. They're, they're signing their documents. They're, they're you know, preparing this, this uh, peace agreement. But remember what the scripture says. They will say, peace, peace, and then sudden destruction will come. Now, the New Zealand parliament needs to hear this advice. This is advice from the throne of the Most High God, the governor of the nations, the minister to ministers, the king of all kings, the Lord over the lords. He would counsel you today, get some gold in your treasury, guys, because Comparing the New Zealand dollar to the U.S. dollar is a faulty thing to be doing right now. That is not going to help at all. That's going to make the matter worse. Now, I'm telling you, just look. China's done a very smart thing. India's been doing it for a while. Germany's been doing it. Um, they've actually got gold in their vaults um, to compare their their uh, their fiat currency to. Now, that's the only only mechanism you can do today. You want, to, you want to be a leader for your nation? You want to protect this people? Yes. Yes, you do. Do this immediately. You don't have much time. You got to act like today. Yesterday really would have been better. Nevertheless, God's tip to you in this heated time is fill the treasury of New Zealand full of gold and also get ready. You're going to receive American Jewish people and, and American Christian people that are going to be fleeing Get ready to receive them. I know you want to be a nationalist country and protect your borders and keep people out. That's not God's plan. That's not God's plan. This is a land of God's secret cloud that he will harbor his people. Now, you don't want to stand in the way of God protecting his people. That's for sure. He's bringing people out of the nations. Man, I keep meeting them. I'm from Texas and I'm living here. I'm a resident here. There's another guy from... Um, Nebraska I met that's come here. Another one uh, that uh, came from the state of Texas I met just the other day. Then there's, a, don't even talk about the South Africans. God, thank you for the South Africans that are coming. Amazing people, full of your spirit and your grace, Lord, you're bringing to this place. Lord, you're just bringing a remnant out of the nations into this land, God, and into this land. I, I call New Zealand the new covenant land. I mean, God always uh, adds land to covenants. Yeah, in this basement dream. I'm halfway down and there's a meeting going on and these ministers, they're getting it finally. They're finally getting it. You know, all you uh, New Zealand Christians out there that are praying, you're Zionists. Man, there's a lot of you out there. I keep meeting you guys. Praise God for you guys. Keep praying for your parliament here. It's going to happen. You watch. <laughs> I, have it, I have it on good, uh, from a good source that they're going to get it here. They're going to be awakened in the parliament. These ministers are going to see that what we do to Israel will be done back to us. If we bless them, we will be blessed. If we curse them, we will be cursed. I just pray we don't have to be cursed and rehearsed in the curse before we get it. Let us get it first. Those who bless Israel will be blessed at this moment, especially Jerusalem. And that's what's happening at this minute. Jerusalem is under fire. So... Again, I'll just repeat Hosea 8, 1. Set your trumpet to your mouth. He shall come against the house of the Lord. And because they have transgressed my covenant and trespassed against my law. Talk, this is the trespass of trespasses uh, when you come against Jerusalem. It's an impardonable trespass. So there will be 
a knee-jerk reaction from God on this. In the basement dream, I'm down there at New Zealand Parliament's getting it. Ministers are being ministered to. But how are they getting it? All of a sudden, there's one. I see one in the middle of the ministers. And, and he's dressed like a typical minister. I thought he was just a minister at first. But then I took a double look at him. And I saw, wait a minute, that's the Messiah. I see Messiah. He had the eyes, the white eyes. And he had, uh, all of a sudden, I, I, I saw his camouflage was gone. The camouflage of a minister. And I just saw him as the Messiah. And he looked up as he was ministering secretively to all these other ministers among him, um, he looked up and he saw that I was, that I had come down the staircase and he saw me standing in the middle of these men. And he saw that I saw him and that I recognized who he was. Where none of the other ones really recognized that it was the Messiah. He was just like doing his thing without even being recognized, <laughs> which is an amazing thought that Messiah just secretly you know, controls leaders and speaking in their ears before they even know he is. But when he saw that I saw him, he immediately started walking towards me. And it was, it was one of the most amazing feelings, guys. I've never, uh, I've seen the Messiah in three dreams now, uh, but this was, this was so amazing. He just, he started walking towards me and his eyes of fire just began to look into my soul. And everything, every thought was being revealed to him as he walked towards me, just knowing everything about me, um, knowing the steps I had been through, knowing what all loss we had went through to get here. Um, he was reading it like a book. But he came to me and he, just, he got right up next to me and he cupped his ears, he cupped his hands together over my ear, over my right ear. And he whispered a secret to me. The secret was this, tomorrow America will be attacked. And then he just gave me a nudge to proceed on down the stairs. And I went down and I got in a closet and I just hid inside this closet. And from all the way up from the top of the stairs, I could just hear the ruckus beginning. It was just a terrible, terrible storm that was hitting above ground. Um, and that's exactly where we're at today. We're just at that place of a terrible ruckus. Now I'll just, I've got one last dream I'll reveal today and then I'll sign off from the prophet's table. The last dream I had I called the Plymouth Rock dream. In this dream I was picked up by an angel and there was a progression of angels. There were three other angels that were flying in front of this angel. The angel that came to me picked me up out of my bed. I was asleep and took me all the way to Massachusetts. We landed uh, right next to Plymouth Rock, me and this angel, and um, there were three angels behind us. These were what I would call in the Hebrew, Rock Malak. These were the evil angels of Passover. They were there, I, I wasn't allowed to look at them. They were there to bring devastation, disaster, judgment. Um, I was told not to look at these three, but anyway, the angel that was friendly to me, we stood there together looking at Plymouth Rock, and. I began to understand, you know, the innocence of America and how America had been provided by God, you know, as a place of refuge and sanctuary for many people throughout the through the last centuries. Um, but I also began to real, re, um, realize the devastation that this nation is now causing uh, on Mount Moriah and in Israel and in the covenanted land. And I saw a connection between 
the rock at Plymouth Rock and the rock under the dome of the mosque and how you know these foundations are connected. We just sit there and looked at it for a minute and I was taking all this in when one of the evil angels landed. All of a sudden, I, I didn't see him land, but I felt his impact. And the minute he landed, he declared an earthquake. And the voice of God I heard in my soul said, 9.0 earthquake. And it was just so devastating. It rocked the whole area of the, of the Northeast. It was just devastating. It, 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 it was uh, unreal. Like the world had never seen an earthquake to this degree. Again, I knew, I knew it had a connection to the U.S. diplomacy of the division of Jerusalem, USA, right up in the middle of the house of God. And I knew that this was God's uh, response and his defending of the, of the covenant that he had made with Jerusalem. So as we're just taking that in and I'm, I'm reeling from this earthquake and I begin to hear a sigh from the people, it was, it was deafening. The sigh, the shock that was coming out of the, the mouths of all the people of that region it was as if they were just sucking the air out of the room and out of my own lungs, this massive sigh that went out. But no more had that, I mean, that sigh was still happening when the second evil angel, the Rachmalach, the Passover angel, he landed, and he landed right on the crack of this vault. And he declared a 7.9 aftershock this was just an aftershock but the aftershock seemed to be even more potent and more powerful than in the original earthquake it was just at that point i felt such a grieving i knew nothing would ever be the same in the world ever again like it was it was world changing uh the nuclear facilities began to melt down in that whole region it was just it was shocking what had happened and as we were just reeling from these two earthquakes, the earthquake and the aftershock, the, the third angel, I forgot there was a third evil angel, he landed on the same fault line. He declared a 7.8 aftershock. And at that point, it was just, it was unreal. It was, it was undescribable. It was so horrific what I was experiencing. But more than that, there was just massive, massive death, massive destruction, undescribable. Yet, there were people that were able to flee. There were still people that were fleeing in front of this somehow. And I just saw them all going west. They're a massive wave of people, like the wave of an ocean, just fleeing. But about that time, as everyone was fleeing, the, the whole earth uh, uh, of that um, region, it, that fault line actually went and it, and it encompassed the 13 original states uh, under, that America originally was. But it, then it just sunk. It like separated from the mainland and it fell down. And it fell into an unrecoverable state. It would never be inhabited again. Nuclear melt, nuclear holocaust, meltdown. Uh, so the evil angels flew out. They left. And then the angel that had had me, embraced me the whole time, uh, that protected me during it all, he picked me up again. And he began to fly. And we were having to dodge there were pillars of smoke and pillars of fire. There were atomic pillars going up and he was dodging them for us. And we were just looking from above from, that, from the atmosphere at the devastation, total ruin. Um, just the darkness that was over it all, it was horrible. And I understood that this was Passover. Like 
you know, God was leading his people through signs and wonders, blood, fire, and pillars of smoke. And it, it was just, uh, God was jealous for Jerusalem. And this was the result of it. But he took me right down Pennsylvania Avenue, this angel did, from, from above. And I saw um, Washington, D.C. in its utter chaos and devastation. And the fault line that ran right through the center of that city. And I, I knew God was saying to me, the voice of God was just saying without saying it though. just It was just entering into my spirit that he who divides Jerusalem, God will divide them. Those that come against the house of God, God will come against their house. Those who divide the capital of his homeland, God will divide their capital. And it was it was nothing to play around with. I'm telling you, it was this very serious, horrible event. The most horrible event the world had ever experienced. And maybe ever will experience, I don't know. But what I'm saying is, these are the dreams God's given me. I don't like them, no more than you like hearing them. I don't like telling them no more than you like hearing them. But these are the words that God's given to me. I am called to be his mouthpiece, as difficult as that is. I don't want to have to say these things. There's a lot of other prophets out there that, you know, that will give you words to hear in your itching ear if that's what you want to hear. You want to hear that everything's going to be fine? I'm sure there's plenty of those out there. There's probably a hundred to every one. There may be... A thousand, ten thousand, a hundred thousand to every one of the of the prophets that are saying these truthful things. So there it is, guys. There's a Passover coming. There's an event at hand. God will defend the covenant. God will defend Jerusalem. God is zealous over Mount Zion. He will defend Mount Moriah. This is a place of slaughter. Let me tell you, Mount Moriah is a place of slaughter. I wish the nations could hear this. I wish they would heed it. There's still time to heed this. We're entering into the last fall festivals here. It's time for repentance to Shiva. It's time God is going to make an atonement uh, for what the nations are doing. Meanwhile, on a personal basis, for you that are out, here, out there that might hear this word, I want to end today's at the prophet table with a simple gesture you reach out towards God, he will reach out, reach back to you. God's made a covenant through the, through the meek Messiah, to the one who gave his life, Yeshua HaMashiach, the king of the Jews, the one who was slain, the one that was judged on Mount Moriah, that was paraded through the streets of Jerusalem and taken to the crucifixion stake. This one, if you call upon him today, he will save you. He'll give you his supernatural healing, advice, wisdom, counsel, and all these things that you need to hear at this moment. Now, the Bible makes it real simple. Well, all you got to do is believe it in your heart and confess it with your mouth. If you'll just tell someone, I believe Yeshua is the Messiah. I believe he died for me and that he's made a covenant through that death and his resurrection that all who call upon him will be saved. doesn't matter what's coming upon the earth. Messiah is the place of God's grace. He always has been, always will be to those who call upon him. May he give you advice. May he show you the things that are coming. May he give you personal steps to take at this moment. He has for me, and I believe he will for you. Remember, it without faith it is impossible to please God. So call upon him in faith before you hear from him, before you see him. Call upon him in faith. He'll answer you today.
This has been Kurt Zant from The Prophet's Table. Thanks for listening.